This is Jeremy Renta. And this is Amy Solara. And you have discovered Mantra and Magic. A podcast where Eastern philosophy meets Western magical practice. Well, hey, everybody. Uh, we're back again with another awesome interview. It has been uh, it's been a little bit since I've seen this man in person, but dear God, it is just just I can see the light shining off your face. Um, the one and only Kevin Walton, aka Source Radiance, actor, coach, spiritual activist, uh, embodied angel. Uh, <laughs> so grateful that for you to make time to, to sit and chat with us, dude. Thank you so much. How are you doing today? I'm doing amazing. I'm grateful to be here. Honored to rock with you both, man. Thank you for having me. Of course. So um, yeah. Um, just from the time that I've spent watching you on Instagram, from the time that I've spent with you at Sacred Sons out in the desert, uh, you have you have an air about you that is that anything is possible. It's something that I'm incredibly impressed with. Um, can you just give me a first a, a basic overview about how you got into what you're doing now? uh basic overview so yeah. <laughs> <laughs> eons of interdimensional travel <laughs> <laughs> the ten thousand lifetimes leading to this point um you know I, honestly I, I guess i would say the thing that kind of sparked whatever i'd accessed when when i was younger i'd have these experiences i didn't know what to make of and and i and no one was really talking about it in the 80s in the space i was in so i was just like all right things vision ideas whatever you guys want to go play you know and this was in that space and it was always something interesting to me and something i felt connected to but didn't focus much on and then when i was uh, when i was 16 i read the book conversations with god and i was like oh dope something that's you know seeing things from a different perspective and glory and i resonate with that and then at 17 my mom put me onto this book called seth speaks and it was the first time i had seen anything read anything heard of anything that spoke verbatim the things I was like seeing and tapping into and thinking about and and in such inter like multi-dimensional way that it was the first time I was like, like if they would have been around, I feel like it was glowing and I've been like I'm not crazy I'm not crazy. right and uh, and that sparked the conscious choice to dive into whatever it was that I started tapping into early on. And then the journey just unfolded from there, uh, where it was like more, more access, more, you know, more exploration, more experimentation. And I just kept diving into it all. So I guess the summary of it is, is when I realized what I was accessing, I made a very conscious decision never to shut it off. And, mm -hmm. and in that journey, one thing that I, whether it was a predisposition or something that I developed along the way, I had a very clear ability to discern between what what resonated is what I call the truth and then what was like my stories or beliefs or things that were just within my own consciousness that uh, as the as a physical embodiment of Kevin and not that overarching expansive version of me and right. that the rate of growth of embodiment of journeying of and even still having to face my shit and deal with the inner conflicts um, became a clearer process of discernment 
uh, in that space. And that's kind of, I feel like that aspect along with just the journey of tapping into meeting other people and seeing what kind of pieces came together really forged this space that I've been able to, to access and live in for, for these handful of years, you know, uh, of guiding and, and teaching along with my own journey. Yeah. It's uh, I think it's incredibly important, like trusting our intuition from a young age, because so much I feel like of like things that we need coaching with, or we need counseling with is trying to reprogram and relearn things that we already fucking know. Like we already know that we're, that we're pure light beings. You know, we have imaginary friends when we're kids, we have these, we, we have these abilities that we know that we're able to tap into that somehow we got to get damp tamped down. And then you have to worry about your taxes and you have to worry about all your other kind of shit. And to, you know, to be able to maintain that for as long as you have, is really impressive. I got to say, you didn't go through, I'm sure you're going to have an existential crisis at some point, or you may have, you know, in past <laughs> lifetimes, but. <laughs> plenty, there's plenty. <laughs> yeah, man. And even in yeah. college, I went through that a little bit, because I had this really interesting space of not being able to shut off what kept getting louder and this idea of who I thought I was supposed to be. Mm -hmm. And that, that clashed a lot early on because it was, this super revolutionary mode in me that was like, and all the oppressive systems must fall. And we gotta stand at this, that, and then realizing, oh wait, I'm coming from the same place that they are, which seems like would perpetuate the narrative and not change it. And, and then the realization of catching that, and be like, damn, I got some work to do. And then, and then being able to actually do the work to get to the space was was um, was a really important dynamic. And I think that was a really huge shift for me of realizing. That, that revolutionary aspect of me was actually the truth coming through from a place that was beyond my own judgment about the world. And that, that really just evolved everything. I think, yeah, it's like, a, go ahead, Amy. I would want to talk more about that because I think that's really important for people right now with all that's going on in the world to be able to recognize when, when that voice that's inside that wants to change, it wants the world to be a better place, it wants to fix everything is actually just trying to fix themselves and how when we say like doing the, the inner work is doing the outer work um, and, and how you can change the world by changing yourself and so many people don't believe me when I say that they're like no you have to be like out there with signs and all sorts of stuff and I'm like well you can if you want if you find that interesting but do your own work could you elaborate more on how you came yeah. through that yourself for sure 100% and I think it even kind of brings out the the idea of the return to innocence which i i could touch on too is like what i realized was the energy that i brought was the thing that dictated the nature of my circumstances and the way that i experienced them so when early on i had this edge of like dealing with um the narrative of prejudice or racism or you know police profiling and, and that kind of thing um i had that mentality of like what i thought it meant to be hard and a man and, and like you go fuck with me disrespect me kind of shit and i and i realized I, I slowly started seeing this pattern evolve i was like you know the more i do that i notice the more that things kick up right that way and i would get in like fights with cops and you know like get arrested and get manhandled and, and and brutalized and and i had this interesting journey with it and then i i started exploring like what was it in me like why, why do I keep experiencing this? And now the question, that question has changed completely because there's a better way to ask it. But at the time I didn't know that, but I got to the space where I realized something about the way that I'm conducting myself and the way I feel about 
about the world and my experiences are perpetuating the more I speak to them, but not just speak to them, it's the feeling. Mm -hmm. And the way I felt dictated it. Because then as I started to shift that, and I started realizing, I remember I had this conversation with, um, with this one police officer, and it was dope because he could see I was, I was angry about something and he didn't necessarily want to react. And then I started asking him questions and it became this really dope conversation that brought about a lot of realizations like, oh, that's right. You're just a person too. Like, mm -hmm. and we're all in this space navigating life. And, it, and, and I started exploring everything from that. And I, I had thought like the moment I could <coughs> of governments i would like immediately transcend off the planet because it was like i was so ingrained in this idea of um of like fighting the system and you gotta get all these plans and guns and we're gonna do this and when i started connecting more everything started changing more effortless like i could navigate spaces that normally would have led to a fight differently and it became this really interesting thing to play with but i had to catch this this self-righteous attitude about it and that was the biggest thing was like where i started accessing what i consider to be the truth of the time and to this day still holds i thought that that was like a weapon then to use against um you know everything that i judged as being wrong or or you know divisive when really it was a catalyst to guide it all somewhere greater and i realized for me and i i have this quote to this day that i share with people right it just i kind of heard it in me was you'll you'll realize it's it's not a fight if you just stop swinging. And that's what happened with me was like, I didn't realize there was never a fight until I stopped swinging. And when I stopped swinging, I realized you don't have to fight for things. You just have to stand in them. So if you want to go protest, or you want to go represent something, go use your voice, but do it in a way that you become a guiding light for everyone to witness, not another um, opposition to perpetuate the belief in enemies and conflict. And, and me being able to gauge addressing my own stuff, my own inner conflict, because it was really just, it was that simple. It was like, damn, the war in me is reflected in the world I see. And therefore the peace in me is reflected in the world I see. And that's literally what happened. It was like, suddenly I changed my narrative around police officers and I started experiencing them differently. Suddenly I changed my narrative around every, like the, the world and what it's working through. And suddenly people that you know, came at me, even if on the racist tip, it was like I could just still see them as a brother or a sister and navigate with them to find that space where our hearts connect, that they could see their own shit differently and, and relate to me differently. And it started happening. And all of that was like, damn, it's, I gotta change my whole approach to this. You know, it was like, I, I thought this was all fucked up and I gotta, I gotta spark it. And it was like, I just gotta be a guiding light of what's possible. And that brought back that childlike essence in me where I realized the return to innocence isn't going back to like say a childlike nature. It's being able to realize the integration of our childlike spirit that lives in the wonder and presence. And then the greater capacity of command that can guide and deliberately with precision maneuver the world. And that relationship together is where optimization and mastery lives. It's like you stay mm -hmm. in wonderment of like, everything is possible and we can play with it all. And I'm also very aware of my surroundings and, and systems and structure and how to build upon that. And to me, that's what it is. It's like spirit isn't reckless. It's like full commanded chaos. And so mm -hmm. that relationship really evolved me into my approach of it really is be the change, but it's not just a, like an abstract concept. It's like you become an example of what's possible if you're willing to face your inner conflicts and bring that alignment to the world. Right. 
Yeah, yeah I, um, I definitely vibe with that. I have um, like one of the struggles that I've definitely dealt with is the same thing as a lot of like, well, you're not going to tell me what to do. Like I grew up in the Southeast, you know, you've got a bunch of, of, of Baptist and Methodist telling you what you what you can and can't do. The church you're going to is wrong. And um, I was listening yesterday to um, an LGBTQ advocate. I can't remember what her name is, but she was talking about the difference between tolerance and acceptance. And, you know, it's like the idea of putting up with as opposed to accepting and taking it out of the grand scheme and the scale of like societal and just putting it back into your own mouth. Like what, what do you tolerate that you do in your own daily life and what do you accept about yourself and how can you change it? You know, and there's something incredibly powerful. It's just about language in general. That's, you know, the podcast is mantra and magic and it's all about how it is that you can like formulate the world that you want around you by the things that you say or think. So, um, so I think there's something to that about, you know, still respecting the, the boundaries in which our society has been formed, but figuring out what it is that has, like how it's been shifted to somebody else's perspective or to being used against people, you know, like, and by doing, by doing your own work is you're figuring that out, right? You're looking at how those words are affecting you and how it is that you use them in the way that you express yourself. So tangential, but. <laughs> <laughs> always <laughs> always i love it yeah yeah it's it and, and i'm glad you just brought that up that is something i'm constantly advocating for and, and speaking to in my practice and and when i do my my speaking gigs is like you don't tolerate life accept it because love is love is the absolute acceptance of everything that mm -hmm. means that it honors where everything is and demands that it step into its greater capacity of self because if you're going to be full accepting then it, that doesn't mean you settle and just mm -hmm. bullshit. it means you naturally honor everything that leads you to that full capacity and that's what i'm constantly like imploring love so so when i talk about the idea of the difference between tolerances so i'm so glad that you said that it's like you don't tolerate things because that means you're not being authentic and honest like you're not having those important conversations and being vulnerable accepting is like listen i I get, I can honor where you are and you're still more than that. So I won't just let you stay there, you know, mm -hmm. and myself stay there. I want us to grow. And if you don't, you're not with it, it's okay. I can still honor you and I'll keep going forward. And whenever you want, you got a place here. Like that's acceptance. It just doesn't leave it to be what it is. It asks it to evolve into something more that it's always been. So mm -hmm. that's, yeah. yeah. It's, I think that's huge within oneself too, right? Because we, <laughs> constantly have this this part of ourselves that is like I'm striving for better I am trying to do my best I want to be in um in a space where I am fully shining like everything's activated and then we have the other parts of ourselves that are like oh but that's hard well then I have to like pay attention oh but then I have to change and so being able to use the words around that of like I accept where I'm at right now I accept that this is the place I'm in, but that means that I'm going to continue to get better. Exactly. Exactly. Acceptance doesn't mean you just like, this is just how I am or just who I am. That's, that's complete bullshit. Acceptance is this is where I'm currently at and, and where do I go from here with it? And that's, that's a whole different game. How do you as a, as a facilitator, as a coach, help people start to reframe other parts of their language around things like that? Like, stepping out of the victim mentality and into the creator mentality because it's conscious creatorhood and i know like words are so huge with that and that's yeah very much so yeah so i i made a point to get 
very clear definitions with language. So I'm super precise with language and very deliberate when I speak. And so I, I, I've even been writing our own glossary of terms with the way that we define things so that there's a huge reference point to it. And so when I, when I have conversations with people, I, uh, in our practice, there's this section called the consciousness shift. And in there is perspective shift, dialogue shift, and behavior shift. And there's like certain universal formats that apply to everyone, which is what I'm constantly uncovering in the practices. What's, what can keep everyone's narrative within it uh, to find those universal measures of truth? And, um, and so when it comes to, to like language or dialogue or even just self-awareness, when it comes to the dialogue shift, I found there's three main areas to, to focus from. And one is freedom of choice, one is owning creatorhood, and one is progressive language. And so I, I use that reference to get people to look at why they say what they say and I always tell them it's not so much about the words because words and thoughts by themselves don't mean anything, right? They're just there. And then we give it all the meaning based on feeling and emotion. And so I tell them, I said, so I, I only use words when you're, when you're pointing, bringing out something, some, something to someone's awareness as a, as a mark for them to identify their mindset. Because I go, which version of you talks like that? And, and so like one example that we use, there's four main words I found that based on the definitions and the way we use them in most settings, um, end up becoming a reference to the way that we play out limitation. Um, and for instance, like tries one, right? So people say, I'll, I'll try to do this or I'll try to do that. And there's no such thing as actually try because even if you were to define it, it always comes back to the act of doing something. And when we're children, we're always present to what we're doing. So kids don't even say the word try until they learn it in a way that they want to excuse themselves or don't believe that they can do something. And so before that, they just describe to you what they're doing, right? They like, if you're giving them something to eat or, or to like to taste something, they don't say, oh, I'm trying this thing. They go, I'm tasting this or I'm putting it in my mouth or I'm, they just literally describe the experience. And that to me is what we end up overlooking that if we get present enough to describe the experience, you get more present. And so then it's like when someone goes, well, I'm like, I'm, trying to have a better relationship and it's like well what are you actually doing like when you tell me that what is it you're doing and they'll go well i and then they start describing the experience and now you're like now you have tangible things to identify so being able to change language around like say victim mentality is i'll start to ask them where do you feel like where do you feel most limited and where do you feel like you're either taking responsibility or not taking responsibility for your life and we start to uncover that, we always bring it back to, and Jeremy, you know this, this clearly where I talk about, I decide, right, choice, I decide. <laughs> bring it back to the nature of choice so that they realize that even if you've been playing this out in a lack of awareness, even if you didn't realize how you were creating your experiences to show up for you, from this moment awareness, you can choose something different. And then when they start saying certain things, I'll point out, I'll go, why, why was that, those the words you chose? And if they start off with, I don't know, I always tell them, I don't know is an invitation, not an end. So let's, let's explore that. And we keep refining it. And so that's kind of how I, I navigate with clients or in settings is when you, when they start to speak, it's uncovering which version of you is saying that and why is that the word you chose so that they become more present to, to what they're saying and doing. And that always ends up linking up this space of, wow, I didn't realize all the ways I excuse myself from addressing things or taking responsibility or making changes. And that little shift, starts to create a creatorhood mentality within the physical identity. And then 
then we build upon it in that greater context of consciousness where it's like, and not only that, you're doing it in this, you know, format. But if they're not privy to that, I won't explode their, their brain from the jump. I'll just, I'll, I'll break it down step by step so that they can start recognizing just how much command they could actually have over their life and where they actually um, submit or acquiesce it, you know, in, in spaces. Yeah. Yeah, this is all uh, very personally driven, which is beautiful too. You're not like pointing at your parents to try to blame them. You're not looking at your, your societal surroundings or anything else to try to say that this is the reason why I'm in the situation that I'm in. Exactly. Yeah. You only um, realize it's all just reflections, which is so powerful. <laughs> yeah. The whole power thing, like being in that place of, with great power comes great responsibility. Mm -hmm. So you have to have great responsibility for everything you've done in order to access your great power. And exactly. I think people I, always look at it the other way around. They're like, I don't want that power because I don't want the responsibility. I'm like, oh, well, that's your choice. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. It's like, oh, well, wait till you realize you are the power and the responsibility. <laughs> 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 legit. Legit. It'd be the wake up call for everyone at some point. Everybody Such a big one. Yeah. Legit. <laughs> Is there a, a time that it seems like most of these, most people kind of get stuck? Like a time in their life? Like, is there a time that it seems to go back to? Is it early childhood, mid childhood? Like, uh, yeah, it usually stems from, cause you know, it's all, since time is like relative anyway, yeah. and, and we actually, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and we command it, we can actually, you know, you can play with time. Um, what I always tell people is, is you can, act, it's always right here, right? Like mm -hmm. we don't, do what we do because of our past. We do what we do because of how we define ourselves right now. And if you continue to hold on to a definition about yourself in relation to a previous experience, it's not the experience that's dictating you. It's your own self right dictating you right now. And right. so um, we have, in, in the way that I get them to explore it, it always starts here. And then if it's necessary to trace it to a moment that brings to their awareness of, oh, here's where I define the moment, then we'll do that. Um, it usually stems in childhood. Sometimes it's even been in, in um, other incarnations. However, I always tell them, you don't do what you do even in that. So they'll go, well, it's because of a past life that I'm doing this now. And I go, that's not actually true because you're still living that version of you right now in the moment. It's that for whatever reason that it was necessary for you to tap into that in this version of you, there's something about you shifting that here that does it for both incarnations. And that's the truth of where your power lives. It is always here. So mm -hmm. in this moment where you define yourself, it's, this is where you have the ability to shift it all, you know, like all aspects of life. And so getting them to know how to feel now and process now is the key. But sometimes accessing those childhood moments are a way to get them to open up to the feeling because they don't, they, they work so hard to shut it off as an adult that when they think of themselves as kids, they think of themselves as open with their emotions and that's where we access it. So to me, it's only necessary to the degree that gets you to feel and own those feelings. And so if it's go that, that point, it's go that point. If you're already willing to do it here, you'll do it here. As long as we get to the feeling, that's all. Yeah, this is the importance of intuition, like really kind of trusting what it is that you've got going on. Because, I mean, the amount of work that I have done for, for dead relatives, either in ceremony or, you know, in my own work, it's just, it's amazing because I'm like, well, that feels resolved. And, I, and I'm, they've been dead for 25 years, you know, so it's, yep. it is being able to just kind of like touch into that too and realize that, you know, we are, we are our own, we're our 
past experiences that we've had in our past lives. We are our family's past experiences, which is something we kind of talk about too. It's like, mm-hmm. um, it's there, it's all happening at the same time, right? I can technically clear something for you. It's like me being on the, t- having somebody on the table and me helping to process something that they not even may not even realize what it is. There's like, I felt a whole lot of tension that was released out of my low back and it suddenly it's gone. It's like, you don't have to put words to it too. It's like, what do you feel? What is, what exactly, what's going on in your body? Yeah. Yeah. I always get, I always get like a iffy on, on that savior mentality though, that a lot of healers have where they want to help like do the work for the other people. I always want to say like, no, you're facilitating them doing their work. Like, yes, we are all, if you go back far enough, we are all connected. We're all the same thing. We're all just the divine witnessing yourself. Sure. Fine. We're playing in a three-dimensional reality where we've got this illusion of separation. Where we're playing with what it's like to have that person do theirs and me do mine. And how do you negotiate that when someone comes to you and is either trying to save everybody else? Like they- Yeah, you, just, you said it spot on. I always tell people that um, all healing is self-healing, period. Because even when we're witnessing the world around us, when we're, when we're supporting someone we're facilitating, that's a client or a group, they're a reflection of our belief about the separation and conflict. So our ability to support them and them have the realization is our own ability to realize it, to realize ourselves in that expansive awareness. So when we, when we play with it, it's always everyone creating their own reality, showing up for the whole based with their narrative. So I always, um, so this comes up a lot in our, our practice and conversations and I'll, and so we'll say like, well, I feel like this thing shifted. And that's because you, you were already willing to make a change and you stepped into this space with that decision. And because I represent this thing for you, you were willing to receive and listen to yourself through me to mm-hmm. restore that. And that's, and so to, to keep the, the coherence and the integrity of internal cause, external effect in, in our practice, that's how we always break it down is knowing no matter what, it's always our own healing, our own selves, then brought forth in the world and all of our facilitation, it's the other person's willingness. Because if someone is, they not, may not even be consciously aware of it, if someone's really struggling to let go of something or work through something, um, they're gonna keep perpetuating it. And no, no amount of plant medicine is gonna change that, no amount of Reiki sessions are gonna change that. It's gonna be, are you, at what point are you willing to accept yourself enough to let this energy and narrative move through you? And that, mm-hmm. and, our jobs as facilitators is are we so aligned and clear in the space to hold the container to be this this moment where where we remember mm-hmm. right that we were healed beyond it that we were in and for every iteration whether that's personal and our lineages because it, it is all interconnected it's like for all every generation comes in more hardwired to shift the narrative before it so all of us who become more aware and aligned we have the natural inclination to shift our entire hereditary history in the story, but really it's us stepping in in that frequency of presence that takes the entire narrative of, of, of present moment and starts to integrate it all together. Because I had that ex- this experience once where I was working through a con- inner conflict in relation to the person that when I sat and meditated and worked through it, this whole memory of, of conflicts I used to start millions and hundreds of millions of years ago in the universe, we battled out planets and destroyed shit and I felt all this guilt come up from it. And then this, this moment came where it's like this being that um, we, we were both leaders of armies and we had done this millennia constantly. And every time we met, it was like either I killed him or he killed me and we, and we like just ruined civilizations, right? And, 
And I saw this image where it was like this, there was always this one point in our narrative where we came to a head and it was one or the other. And now I access that moment from this version of me and I could see it so clearly, I could smell the sweat and I could feel the rage. And it was so clear, like the way I'm gonna remember you guys tomorrow being on this podcast is how I recognize them. And in this moment I saw him and I could feel the energy of wanting to strike, but because I accessed it from this version of me, I was like, I looked at him and I was like, you're just a reflection of me. And then I spoke from, the, from me to that version of me and it spoke to him and he was like, you're just a reflection of me, I'm not gonna fight you anymore. And I threw down my sword. And then he was like this to strike and he stopped and he just looked at me and then all of a sudden, I watched the entire image go, uh, go and everything just dissipated and this insane amount of peace and orgasm and like energy washed over me and all these other people that I was having these conflicts with the time that I was shifting through, I was like, I felt all this peace and honor of them. And it's like, that's the degree of the capacity we access and why it's not just like our past or a past life or any of that. It's like this moment is where all of your power lives. So in this moment, you transform it all constantly. You know what I mean? And everyone's mm -hmm. doing that for themselves and each other the way that we show up, but it's still ours that we're, we're shifting and healing. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> It's, that's why we incarnate, right? Like if everything is happening all at the same time, we are we slow down enough to take a look at all of the shit that's been going on throughout all of this, uh, throughout time in, in memoriam to be able to go, all right, let's fix some of these things. Let's put some of these Lego blocks in the places where they need to go. And I think what you're also speaking to is the importance of imagination because we think of the imagination as being something that's not real. And it's really, we're just, I mean, energy is everywhere, right? Like you've, you've stated that before too. It, we are energy. Energy is all around us. The sun is a light source that's coming down at us and we're absorbing it. We're able to eat food and we take it in and you know, we're sustain ourselves. So the fact that we have meat that is moving at a slower vibration where we can actually go, all right, well, I'm going to experience hang gliding today. You know, I'm going to, I'm going to do, I'm going to do all of the things that I can do in this physical, physical incarnation is the reason why we manifest and it's the reason why it's so important for us to be able to say no to demons and for us to say yes to our higher truth and to be able to get all of that other stuff like if if this is us now and then we've got layers of shit that our past lives have dealt with and our families have dealt with and we are just trying to get back to not return to source but just connect to source so that we can get all that other stuff out of the way you know it's like i feel like that's it's so incredibly important just to to have an imagination that goes back to being a kid too like the older we get the more we just let that shit go and we're like i'm gonna let i'm gonna go exist in somebody else's imagination in a video game or in a movie or in a book as opposed to just closing your eyes and experiencing or opening your eyes and just experiencing the the amazing surroundings that we have around us you know yeah yeah and you know what i would say to that is the like because we're always connected, right? Like our connection to source is always there. And our journey is, is the great remembering. I thought the great remembering, right? Where we, mm -hmm. where every iteration and incarnation is the journey of consciousness being fully realized. Like that's all life and consciousness cares about is authentic self-expression of unlimited creative potential. And so <laughs> it takes that and goes, so let's see what that journey's like. And we, and it's called the game of limitation where we go i'm going to explore every possible way i return to remembering the truth of what i always am and that's like literally the game of physical universe so that we have all those incarnations and and what's dope is you get to the place where you realize and this was when i was kind of mentioning about like the food thing when it was like we get to the point where we're just like whatever it is oh and i will transmute this into and i have a really <laughs> awesome story that i did that with with pizza but we can 
do that in a minute. Uh, <laughs> so that even when you to the point, like I would dive into spaces with demons. And when I realized it's like, you don't even have to say, once you get in command of yourself enough, like you have to say no to establish a boundary until mm -hmm. you get a greater standard. Once you live at a greater standard, you don't have to set boundaries anymore. You just represent that ideal. So mm -hmm. when you represent that, then even when a demon shows up, instead of it being like a no, because you're so in command, it's just a, oh, look at you. Look at you. <laughs> the demon coming in with all kinds of distortion. Thank you for allowing <laughs> my love. And the demon's like, you're right, you're right. I just wanted to, <laughs> to respect the distortion. Thank you for seeing me. You know, and it's like, and, it, and it's that real. And I'll take people through that. And they're like, holy shit, I thought I had to grip myself up to protect myself from it. And the moment they realized it was just an aspect of them that they're now expanding into, they started to shift. And they're like, now I'm sitting down with them and having tea and telling them about the universe. And they're all intrigued like a little kid. And I was like, that's how this works. You know what I mean? <laughs> you bring that childlike wonderment to it. But it's, it's the journey of realizing who you actually are beyond all your narratives to be able to function that way. Because if, you, if you're not in that commanding space, you have to be able to speak up and be like, nope, we're not playing this game so that, that the initial thing is like, oh, okay. You know, they could be like, okay, cool. So you're pretty clear about your voice. I'll just hang out over here and get to the point where you go, oh, you know, I know I shouted at you before and that's because I still was getting a handle on myself. Um, thank you for showing up for me and I see you. And, and that energy, it, there's no choice. Like there's no, there's no battle between fear and love. There's no battle between truth and illusion. It's just there's love and truth. And the moment you're holding that frequency, all illusion just dissolves in the truth. All fear and darkness dissolves in the love. Like there's no fucking battle. And that's the space that I, that I talk about with my change of, it's not a fight. Like, you know, we were never mm -hmm. at war with anyone. It was just ourselves. And the moment we grab that, now the game changes. And that space is like, and that's where you, you bring that wonderment back in where it's like, it doesn't matter what it is, I'm here for it. And now there's no fear that you face. When fear comes up, you're like, oh, and here's another acceleration point for me to expand into more love. And then you handle it. So it, it becomes a different game where whenever, whatever's on the table, like the, the concept of a threat of anything, you're like, oh, and that's, that's where we're at right now. So even if you wake up tomorrow and you're like, oh, zombies are here. So that, that's the iteration of this right now? Okay, cool. So here's how we'll navigate this. You know, it's like no matter what shows up, you're so in the wonderment of possibility, which is what you mentioned at the beginning of the interview, Jeremy, that I, that I live in is it's, you get to that place where it's like, it doesn't matter what shows up in my reality. If that's what's here, there's a reason I'm creating it. And if I'm creating that, here's what we're about to do with it. And that's mm -hmm. the, you know, the, the spot we get to when, when we get in that commanding space. I love that so much that it's just this, this way of existing that yeah. then shifts everything else. And, and the, it's the, the choice of the reaction within that. Because so many people um, right now are like, what's gonna happen? Oh, the second wave, I can't imagine. And, then, and I'm gonna go buy all the things in order to be prepared. Okay, we can play that game. I'll play along with you, this is fun. <laughs> and, I just, and I'm like, I feel so safe. I feel so happy. I feel so excited for the way that the world is going to wake up and just reconnect to who they are. And other people are like, how can you be happy right now? Because you don't even know what's coming. <laughs> and there's this like disconnect and I see it. And a lot of people talk about timelines and different dimensions and realities and they're all technically compressed. It's just our eyes that give that illusion again. But what you were saying of like, if you are in this space of here's my truth, here's my reality, 
here's how I transmute everything that comes at me. I'm like a really fun bug zapper. (laughs) (laughs) This electric field (laughs) and it's all coming. I'm like, do you want to be light too? Good. Come here. So I just, I'm okay. And more than okay, I'm blissful. And then I see other people in my family or friend groups who are um, living on this very lower potential level where like they're not living at their highest potential um, Mm -hmm. because of stories or identities or whatever. How can you be in this space? I have to do this. I'm like, cool. I can do that with you. I can watch you in this space, exploring what it's like to live this really sucky way in fear and anger. And wow, I can just witness you in that. And I think for some people, who might be listening to this, who are confused of how to interact with family members, what you're saying is so, so relevant of, if you just continue to stand in that place of, I'm showing up here. Mm -hmm. Don't put me up here. (laughs) I'm not putting you down here. I'm just here. This is what I'm showing. Um, And for everybody who's just listening and not watching, I'm moving my hands in a lot of different directions. (laughs) Gesticulates wildly. (laughs) So, when your family members are acting in that way, like coming at them with that innocent curiosity of, wow, what's it like to be you? Tell me what it's like to be in your reality right now. This is fascinating. I don't know uh, how you're staying there, but cool. Explain it to me. And just like having that love and wonder. And I've never heard someone else articulate it that way before. So now I feel like I have words to be able to articulate it. So thank you. Um, (laughs) <laughs> it's it's so it's so true because i've i've witnessed it so much since like not even march since before that mm-hmm. and and having people be like i have to hustle so hard there's no abundance anywhere i'm like there's there's enough abundance for like universes it's really weird <laughs> <laughs> legit yeah and you know and, and i get a, i get that question a lot too when when, when people say well how do i relate to um, to other people who aren't either functioning with this awareness or at this capacity or, or don't even aren't interested. And I, and I just tell them, I said, you know, everyone can relate to everyone when you're willing to listen. It's like, it's, it's, it's as clear as day. Like there's tons of people who don't agree with me in a lot of different contexts, but when we have conversations, we walk away and they're like, they feel like we had a moment, you know, they understand, we understand them. And that was far different than before. Like even when I would have conversations with really religious um, people where before it was like, religion is, is doing this to us. And I was like back in revolutionary mode. And now it's like, I just, I just inquire questions and I offer ins- show them where like certain concepts of my practice and their practice link. And then where the, where the, um, the, the differences are and where the contradictions are. And, and it becomes this really dope explorative moment. And it's like, I always tell people, you don't have to limit yourself or shrink yourself to connect with people, stay here and just honor them. Like, cause you know, there's nothing wrong with where they're at. There's nothing wrong with what they're doing. You're just learning how to make connection a priority rather than being right or proving something so that you can actually get the most out of the connection, the relationship, which serves everybody, you know, and that's a different game. But the, the key is what you just said is, is being willing to be, being willing to be curious to explore. Tell me what it's like for you. And when people are in it, to let them be in it rather than think you have to fix them. It's like we, one common phrase in our practice is someone's like, oh, I'm feeling this. It's like, beautiful, beautiful, tell me about that. You know, it's like, we, they're like, 
is it beautiful? And I'm like, it's fucking amazing. Tell me more, right? Because it because everyone's so used to this idea of I have to be this way, feeling this would be negative or wrong. And in our practice, we go this at some point you're gonna let go of the concept of positive negative and you're just gonna realize that everything is an offering and in that space of empowerment, everything is beautiful. So you'll feel that feeling of sadness, you're like, oh, it's so intense, this is so amazing. <laughs> <laughs> you're like, when you're in the of it and realize how magical it is. And that's like that approach where someone feels something and instead of wanting to get them out of it, you go, no, feel that. Feel that, feel that sadness, feel that guilt, let that flow through you. Tell me what that's like. And then, and then we'll move from it. But first, like honor this. And that, the willingness to allow people to be where they are and then guide them through it is, is like one of the biggest strongholds in our practice. And one of the reasons why I can, like where I can hold space for people in the way that I do and, and, and really, and it be authentic, you know what I mean? And, and, and really in that empowered space. Yeah, I think that it's, it's difficult sometimes for space holders to not try to grab the wheel. You know, it's like somebody's, they're trying to get the wheel to go around and they're like looking for help, they're asking for help and just asking for help is something that's going to at least start to kind of take the, the sticks out of the spokes so that the wheel will start to go. And then when people come and they're like, I'm looking for advice, which I know as a partner, I definitely do this with Lindsay. She's like, I think this and I think this. And I'm like, I jump into solve problem solving, mode, right? <laughs> I'm like, well, maybe you can do this or maybe you can do that. And she's like, You're oh, why are you telling me what to do? Like, that's not what I'm looking for. I'm like, just uh, take the wheel, just go, just let <laughs> it do its thing, you know? And it's difficult to do that too, especially when you have somebody who is coming. Uh, Amy, what you, going back to what you were saying about like having kind of like that savior mentality as a, as a space holder, it's, it can be incredibly difficult to not put your stuff on. So can you speak a little bit more to stepping out of the way, like feeling like you're still being there and holding space for somebody and being present for them and not just kind of being like, yeah, just kind of, I know where, I know exactly where you're going with that. Like just feeling like just a face there for them to kind of bounce ideas off of. Like, I know you don't necessarily want to direct a lot of the times because people don't always need that. Right. So right. How, how do you find the balance between kind of like, Yep, just do it on your own. And here's a, here's a 12 point plan as to how you can actually right. solve all of your problems. <laughs> I love it. Um, the, you, you mentioned before intuition, cause you, you have to be present with them to know where they're at and what mm -hmm. support. So like, and, and the practice greathood, it's super comprehensive and there's literally something for every scenario. So if someone's like, it's this, I can go here, use this tool here, use that tool. But, but the, the overarching thing about the practice is it's about realizing that these tools live within you and how to start bringing them to life right, in you. And um, so what I, what I realized is knowing where someone is and what, what they respond to. Because you know, if you listen to someone long enough, you're going to see what things to, to tap on. I, I call them divine sparks. So like just a little divine sparks. So they go, tell me about that. And they're like, this is that. You go, oh, cool. And then it's like, psh, and they're like, oh, I see it, I gotta do this. And you're like, dope. And so in, in some moments there's owning your voice. In some moments there's like letting yourself just be held. In some moments there's like taking full command of your body. In some moments there's having that conversation. So like I have, and, and because it's comprehensive and you want both masculine and feminine harmonized, there's times where I'll be in a session and if, um, if uh, a, a woman has, experienced you know rape or molestation and never spoke up then part of it is getting her to first rage out all you know the anger and stuff and know how to own her voice just to pour it out it's like forget spirituality for a minute forget how you think you're supposed to be enlightened like i want you to take the raw essence of your voice that you didn't use 
and pour it out here. It's like, and if I got to push you to do it and then you smack my hand away, if I got to, you know, it's like whatever it takes for you to have an authentic moment, we're going to get there. And then after that, it's lay here, hold this crystal, breathe into yourself, feel like, feel your emotions, be, be sad. Or if you want to be held, you'll be held. Like it's, it's knowing how to feel into where they are and bring up what they've been asking for in themselves. Cause when you realize like, and I think this is one of the things for me in, in the way that I approach stuff is, is the, the understanding the truth that no one needs anything. Like it's all in them. Like you don't need anything. When, when people, especially when I have couples in relationships and they're like, well, I want to express my needs to my partner. My first question is why do you think you need that in the first place? Like if we don't get answered that question, you're going to be passing off shit on them that you could be taking responsibility for. And you don't even know it. You know what I mean? So once we get past the idea of, oh, I don't need anything. And what I'm asking for is just the standards of a relationship I'd like to experience. That's far different than the idea of, no, this needs to be this way for me to do X, Y, and Z. And it's like, does it though? Is it really? And we uncover that. So being able to get to that space of no one needs anything. So in this moment, it's not, I don't have to do anything for them other than listen and guide. And, and it's really just, and I always guide off of whatever they're presenting. And then we just, and then after that, the intuition kicks in and you know which thing to, to, to take them, where, where, which direction to take them. And to me, that's the key. So as facilitators, it's realizing like, this is a journey of them and they're creating their reality just as much as we are. And I find that happens a lot in, in spaces of practitioners, facilitators, and guides where they're like, well, you know, I got to speak up for this person or do this for this person as if they're actually victims of their own realities. Like, but if you're going to sit here and tell me you, you create your reality, why would that be any different from them? So if you don't approach them from that same space, guaranteed you're gonna end up perpetuating their narrative. And they're gonna to have to keep coming back because they're like, well, I only, I noticed I only shift when I'm doing this Reiki session. It's like, isn't the point to get you to do that on your own? So if you're, if you're not working with them to bring forth their awareness of the tools inside of them, then I think that you, like, you would be overlooking the purpose of why we do what we do in the first place. It's for everyone to live without us like in their own accord like that's the key if you, if you can live full authentic expression in your own sovereignty to then be a part of the synergy of the all that's what we're after and that's literally the approach i take with all the work that i do you know and i think that's like the key part of it for sure there's like i'm hearing so many things where i'm like ah i did that <laughs> 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 and it's it's good right self-awareness but it's also I'm recognizing that some of it is out of this desire to take the wool out of people's eyes. Um, and so when you see someone who's living in a narrative, like a really thickly invested narrative <laughs> about their life or about truth or reality, how do you um, gently create a space that reflects that back to them? without saying, well, here's the truth of it, because like, that's my usual go-to. And I, I'm learning, I'm doing it less, but I think there's, there's, there might be one or two times, right, where they've never heard of something like that. Mm -hmm. And so it would be a good like spark, but at the same time, like, how do you do it so that it's their own discovery, right? Because if, if I was to tell Jeremy for the upteenth time to stop drinking a specific type of water, um, <laughs> Distilled water is delicious. It's not good for you. <laughs> but he's never gonna he's never gonna stop because I'm the one telling him, not oh. him. <laughs> We're such siblings. It's so ridiculous. I'm like his really bossy little sister. So 
how do you how do you provide the space for them to see some of the other perspectives is really what it is. Gotcha. So here's how you're gonna approach it, Jeremy, right? Well, you're... No. <laughs> so <laughs> so what you'll what you'll do, um, and what I what I like to do is there's two well, there's two things, depending on the, the sequence. So if it's if it's a course of mine, uh, and uh, or me dropping knowledge on on the internet or at a speaking gig, they've already something in them has already made a decision. So because they're already coming to see me or coming for the guidance, so I all whenever it's that situation, I always start off with the truth as so we have a reference point. So it's like here's the facts. This is how reality structure of existence works. Here's what's going on inside of us. So you're clear, and then from there we go into let's see where you are in relation to that and will unfold for you to remember this within you because it's it's already there and, and like you mentioned I just give language to it but it's already in everyone and everyone innately knows when they tap into the truth so I start off with that as just a foundational thing and then from there it's the journey of returning to that awareness so I won't force it on them anymore we'll just I'll ask questions and, and, and allude to it but now it becomes that self-discovery if I have a client um, I'll, I'll, I'll explore where they're at initially. And that's with um, what I call the three mindset essentials of conscious creatorhood to see where they're at with those mindsets. And there's like three specific components with each mindset and um, what the misalignments are with the mindset. And so when I present it to them, I ask them about, well, because the, the mindsets are ownership, purpose, and, uh, and abundance. So do you, do you have that sense of responsibility and accountability for your life? Is it present to you um, for a purpose? Do you feel like you are, you, you know what matters to you and what you stand for and where you want to go? And then abundance, are you looking at the whole picture? Do you realize there's, you know, there's more of you to tap into? And we, we kind of use it as a reference. And then based on that, we build from there. And what I do when I'm navigating, like say if they have no inkling of this, creating a reality, all that stuff, they're like, everyone's had some experience in their life where that's shown up. They just may not realize that's what it was. Cause a lot of people take things. It's not in their awareness. Um, when they start to, when you start to bring it to a way that makes sense. So if, if I'm working with a high, high intensity athlete, like I, I did work for a motocross team in California, right. Which is a very high active space um, or corporate folks or, you know, um, or festival spaces or, you know, spiritual communities. Um, you just, you, you, you look at where everyone is and what language um, resonates with them to approach it from, for examples for them. And that's kind of what I do is I'll ask questions and use guiding examples. And then you get them to look at their own self. So if, if you get them asking questions to reflect on what they're doing, they're going to start computing like, oh, why am I doing that? Because, you know, if you're just running an autopilot, you have no clue. So first you just bring them to what you're doing on a regular basis without being aware of it. And that's enough to start getting them to question it. Once you have them questioning these things, it's already open. But you wanna know that you can honor where they are and guide them into taking their attention to look at, why am I doing that? And, and what's cool in the evaluation that I give um, that has those three mindset essentials is when you realize, when it's in your face, what the misalignments are, like for instance, the misalignments with, um, uh, every misalignment is perpetuated by two things, avoidance and neglect. And so there are certain acts of avoidance and certain acts of neglect within misalignments of everything that we do. When you realize that the misalignments with ownership are dishonesty and blame, you automatically start looking at all the ways you were blaming and being dishonest in your life. And you have, and you start exploring, why was I doing that? Like, why didn't I feel like I could be honest? Why did I? And then all of a sudden there's these questions 
that gets them exploring more of themselves. And I feel like the more you can, the more you can get the attention to go into their own questioning, that's how you start to get them to open without having to force it on them because it's already in there. You just want to get them to slowly look at it. And that's, and that's the key. And even if they've been on this journey for a while, uh, you know, it's very easy to, if you start moving down a certain direction, um, to start creating some form of rigidity and not keep that open wonderment. And so keeping the, the this point of truth on the table helps you constantly check in with yourself in relation to this thing. Am I really being, you know, my authentic full expression in my relationships, my authentic full expression with my clients, with my family, with myself. And when you're rocking with clients, it's like that. It's like, are you really being as honest and authentic in your life as you want to be? Like, do you really speak up to your feelings when it's time to speak up to your feelings? Do you really take time to consider the people? Do you actually know what your core values are and principles so you know what's driving your choices? If you don't have answers to those, that's where we start. And that literally will open up that framework of truth for, for, for everyone at some point. Yeah, it's hard to have a definite chief aim sometimes, but it's absolutely necessary. Yeah, 100%. Figure out, figure out where you're going. Exactly. That sense of direction is vital. Yeah. Well, we're getting close to an hour. I know that your time is precious. I'm so incredibly grateful for how much of it you have been willing to share with us today, Kevin. Thank you so much, dude. Um, is there anything else you want to touch on or speak to before we wrap up today? Uh, actually, oh, I wanted to share the thing about the, the pizza. So All right. I'll do this real quick. So just, just so you know how, how tangible this is. Um, when it comes to knowing that everything is a choice, right? And that it's not about having control. It's about being in command because the energy is already there, right? The energy of life that like we talk about some is already there. Source is already alive and everything. God's self divine is there. What we get to do with conscious awareness is be deliberate on how we command the energy and guide it. So when it comes to exploring life, there's choices we make, whether it's relationships, food, um, you know, business endeavors, money, resources, there's standards that we uphold and play with and choices we make that resonate most with certain identities. So like if you feel like you have this definition about food and, and different things about health and physical fitness, those will be things you'll naturally start to do if this is the embodiment and standards you're looking to set. And that's the, 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 the dope thing that can be automatic. Then the step beyond that is that you're so present with everything that no matter what you do, as long as you're deliberate and intentful with it, it will naturally start to form because that's how quantum physics works, right? That's how, that's how probability and possibility of the energy works. So there was one time I, I like to test it with tons of things. And so one time I did it with pizza, right? I sat with this pizza and I just, and I, uh, and I, I was like, what do I want this, this experience to be? Because I had this moment where I was like doing, you know, juicing and fasting and de detoxing and water fasting. And I was like, I want to make sure I'm as clear as, as I can be. And, and I was like in that mode, and then I would eat like, say, pizza or something else. And I would feel like, oh, because my definition was this thing is like low vibe fucking up my shit. <laughs> and I was like, but that doesn't make sense. Because internal cause, external effect would mean that it's just that because I'm saying I was like, what the fuck am I doing? Like, let's get into command mode. So I had this slice of pizza uh, from this, this spot called Morrow's in, in Hollywood. It's nice, greasy, slabby pizza. And I, and I held it in my hands and I, for 20 minutes, I sat there and I was like, every bite of this pizza is going, to, is going to remind me of how energized I am, how fucking powerful I am. And I'm going to feel so clear and so command. And I was like, and I was super like, if anyone would been watching, they'd be like, man, he really, uh, <laughs> about pizza. <laughs> like, like I was just there and I was like, full intent. 
and I and I was just so focused and for 20 minutes and then every bite I ate it was like you know that scene in the matrix when when the Merovingian was talking to, to, to Neo about the pie he made for that girl who's biting it and she took the bite and the energy was like you could see it goes that feeling with every pizza I could feel like the energy go like this and when I finished that slice I was so jittery and high octane, like I would have, like I drank four cups of coffee. I was just like, life is amazing and we're great. And what else is that? And I was like, it's so clear. And I was just, and I was like, why am I so fucking hyper right now? And it was, it was that degree of energy that I defined it with so much energy and intent that this is what it was going to be that I experienced it accordingly where a week ago I took ate a bite and I was like, oh, I feel so fucking awful. And so I, I wanted to share that to bring to that awareness, like we will get to the point where we live beyond the law of rhythm, that you actually can command the flow of cycles and generate energy at a different capacity. And, and that you're not subject to the idea of this is just how it is physically. It's, it's only that way because you continue to define it that way. If you choose to be so deliberate and redefine it, everything in your life evolves and according to yours. And so, it's like life isn't just what it is, it's what you say it and feel it is, and that's you. You're the power that can play with that. So I wanna make sure I got that in before. Yeah, you. dude. You, you're making talismans. You're like, you're, you're t making potions. <laughs> Somebody else made the pizza, but you put the intention into it. So that's beautiful. <laughs> and it's true, it's like, it's necessary for us to do it on every level, that conscious yeah. act of creating on every single level and realizing that everything is a narrative that I choose to have these patterns around me all the time. And it's because I find them entertaining. Because I'm exactly. the divine. Witnessing myself, I'm like, oh, this is fun. Let's play around with this. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. As long as, you're, as long as that feels resonant, that's all that matters. It's like, it's not that concept of say, get rid of what no longer serves you. It's just, does this still resonate with who you ask yourself to be? And if that changes, you must um, demand living at the standard that relates to your authentic resonance. So if it's like, I want to be a shining example of what conscious creatorhood looks like, that, that is a different responsibility I now have to live at if I'm going to like represent that or be the example. And for all of us, it's that. It's like, well, the way things are now, it resonates and I feel expansive and I'm flowing. And at some point, you're like, oh, I feel like it's time to expand more. So then you're going to be like, well, then these are the responsibilities according to that embodiment. And we keep stepping to it. And that's where, that's where it's like this work that where everyone loves the idea of it. And then it hits those spaces of things that they're like, I love it all except for this shit. And it's like, <laughs> <laughs> that's where we're going, you know, it's like that, that kind of part. Yeah. <laughs> are you doing, uh, are you doing any conscious creatorhood trainings at the moment? Or is that uh, something yeah. coming up? I'm doing one now. Uh, that we're in the third week of, and this is the, the second round of, of phase one. And then I'm gonna uh, launch another round of phase one in October and also launch the first round of phase two, um, either October or November. Um, and I also have a, a masculine and feminine uh, masterclass called Divine Embodiment with collaboration with Modern Home starting on the 19th of August. And that's gonna be a six week masterclass, hour and a half where I go into masculine feminine energy and heart, how to harmonize that relationship in you and then, and then strengthen it in the relationship of everything outside of you. So I'll be doing oh, that. Awesome. Yeah. So, so that's well, we'll put some links for that in the show notes and, and your site. So everybody can head on over to Source Radiance and watch your fun stories. <laughs> we have <laughs> those in our house. Um, thank you so much for, for doing this with us today, Kev.
It's an honor. Thank you for having me. I love you both and the beautiful work that you do. And it's, uh, it's an honor to be in connection with you. So thank you. I hope. <laughs>